Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore. I'm your co-host, Andrew McPeak, and our mission here at Growing Leaders is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. And Tim, today we're talking about leadership, but we're also talking about leadership through one of our favorite aspects of culture, which is movies. Yes. Yes. The, the, The genre of movies, whether it is a comedy, a drama, thriller, whatever, um, I think in 2021, this last year, there were some great movies, maybe not the best of any year I've ever lived, but some good movies that are great conversation starters on the topic of leadership. So as we were getting ready for this podcast, one of the things we got to talking about was where did it start? Because you and I both have a deep love for movies. I think you probably see more movies than anybody I know. Just saying something because I see a lot of movies too. But um, talk about where your love for movies started. So some movies from when you were younger yeah. that kind of stick out to, in your well, mind to you. I remember seeing Mary Poppins when I was like four or five years old. Yeah. It, we went to a drive-in. So we stayed <laughs> yeah. in our car. Yeah. Dad got us in. We popped our own popcorn, opened the tailgate of our station wagon that had wood panels on the side. <laughs> And back you really in. set the scene on yes, that. Yeah, I like Mary, that. It was awesome, though. And I think I had a crush on Mary Poppins. Uh-huh, but anyway, yeah. uh, but I remember 1975, Jaws, when uh-huh. Jaws came out, Steven Spielberg's first big blockbuster movie. I still watch that at home, and it's scary. Yeah, yeah it's so I scared. can't imagine back then. I, I did not want to go to the beach for two years. <laughs> I bet not. Yeah. And then a Star Wars. I remember oh, 1977. Course. I saw it in a cinema. Now, you like that movie, but you didn't see it in a cinema, did you? Yeah, no. We had a um, – when I was growing up, all the Star Wars movies had already come out. Yeah. I was born in 88, so they yeah. were all out. But we had a VHS set of the three movies together. Yeah. And I am not lying when I say that we wore out a couple of the tapes. <laughs> the like They did cassettes. not function yeah. anymore of those video cassettes. Yeah. I also have a memory early on, probably too early, my parents allowed me to go see Twister. Do you remember when that movie yeah. came out? Yeah. Yeah. Helen Hunt. Uh, how old were you? Uh, probably nine or so. Okay. Which yeah. is, I mean, it's a PG-13. Yeah. A little scary. That My parents didn't often make decisions like that, but I, I think it was the the moment and I really wanted to go and they were like, Scared oh, I guess you. we can try this. Yeah. yeah. I would say that might be something equivalent to Jaws for you was I was scared of tornadoes for yes. a year probably yes. after that. Uh, that so movie. Andrew, I shared that I had a little crush on Mary Poppins when I was five years old. <laughs> you have any Hollywood crushes when you were younger? Well- I mean, if I go back, probably the first one I can remember was going to see Harry Potter. Yep. Little Emma Watson. Oh, yeah. So cute. She's you know? a cute girl. Yeah, yeah. that's so, right. And I, we're right about the same age. So I was, you know, seeing somebody yes. my age on screen. And yep, I remember that. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So I'm going way, way back. I remember some Doris Day movies. <laughs> I know. This will be She's, the only podcast anyone listens to today when ever. somebody talks yeah, about that's their right. that Doris Day, Day crush. But then <laughs> fast forward to a little bit more of a young man, Halle Berry. Oh, yeah. She's still a beautiful woman. But I remember as a young guy, ooh, Halle Berry, she's gorgeous, you know, that sort of thing. Now, that has nothing to do with. We found ourselves on a rabbit trail there. Yes, we did. We we were hopping. What we do want to talk about today are some of the best leadership movies. Obviously, we're both connoisseurs of the genre of leadership. And that's one of the best parts about movies, is they are a powerful narrative tool to communicate sometimes really important life lessons. And I know you love spotting the life lesson in a 
movie. I do. I do. So listeners, we're going to list um, 10 of them real quick. We're going to do this fast, but just maybe if you haven't seen them, here's why you might want to see it. And here's the conversation you might want to have yeah. with peers or with students. Now, let me hasten to add, there is one of these, maybe one or two that are rated R. Yep. So in case you've got younger students, you might want to just be advised. Yep. Um, and even most of them are PG-13. So if yeah, you're that's working right. with really young kids, yeah, keep that in mind as well. True. All right. So uh, some are thrillers, some are comedies, some are dramas, some are action adventures, yep. but they they tell a great story. And we think all 10 of these are worth seeing. I love it. So this is in no particular order. We didn't yep. rank them one to 10. Those that's are right. just 10 of the best leadership movies from last year, 2021. Yep. So the first one I want to talk about is King Richard. Yeah. King Richard, rated PG-13. Was this it really? It's the story of how two tennis phenoms, Serena and Venus Williams, yep. that we've all heard about, were raised by their dad and mom, but particularly their dad, Richard Williams, hence the name King Richards. Uh, he and Brandy are the mom and the dad who give a stellar performance raising these two wonderful tennis players in a larger family. I mean, they have brothers and sisters, yeah, which get honorable mentions in this movie, but you know, it's all about Venus and Serena Williams. And Venus really came first. You know, we're hearing more about Serena today, but she came first and she was the one that was celebrated. But I love the fact that it's really a good leadership movie, particularly for parents, mm. because these two parents are attempting to balance between a life of requiring excellence and offering ownership. Yeah. So I'm going to set a standard for you and make sure I call you up to excellence, but I'm letting you own your own life which means you may not want to do this yeah. today. Yeah. And what I love about this is the, the velvet brick comes out because King Richards is, is, is the brick and Brandy is the velvet <laughs> where she's really in, a, in an empathetic mode. Hey, they're, they're just girls. Let them be girls and yeah. let them play besides tennis, yeah. you know, well, if they're going to be great and I, I think they want to be great, you know, blah, blah, blah. So empathetic diplomacy balanced with the demand for perfection. And it's very raw and real. You see, scenes you disagree with, a mm -hmm. parenting style, mm. all the better. This is great fodder for discussion yeah. for parents, teachers, coaches. And of course, the the um, I think the discussion you want to have is a discussion starter for, for just parents. How are you leading? How are you intentional, but yet allowing them to be in the life station they're in? Love it. Yeah. I love that. Uh, the second movie um, is Passing. It's a movie called Passing. I don't know if people saw that yeah. as much as they wasn't saw wasn't as Richard. popular for sure. No, nope. rated PG-13. Uh, my wife and I stumbled upon this one. I'm so glad we watched it. So we really enjoyed it. It's the story of Claire, uh, a black woman who passes for a white woman in the 1920s. Yeah. So she's very fair-skinned, but she's African-American. And she's able to pass for someone else and enjoy, at least at that time, 100 years ago, a life that very few African-Americans might have enjoyed. Yeah. And now she's, you can imagine, she's facing the um, the integrity issue of, yeah. I, I meet an old childhood friend who is also black, but not being anybody but who she is. Yeah. And her life isn't riches and wealth and great neighborhood. And so um, Claire struggles because she's enjoying the perks of being white and, and not enduring the treatment of minorities 100 years ago. But yet she feels like uh, I'm having an integrity problem here. So the burden she carries inside 
becomes too heavy. She longs for a reality that isn't fully in her grasp and wants to lead a life of integrity. Mm. And I think the discussion is a great discussion starter, really on identity and honesty about who you really are. I love that. Yeah. Great. Uh, the next one is one that was more popular, Free Guy with yep. Ryan Reynolds, yep. okay? Rated PG-13. A little bit zany, yep. if you don't mind zany. More than a little bit zany. Yeah, that, yeah that's right, yeah. <laughs> PG-13-Z, zany. Yeah. Um, so it's a lighthearted family comedy. Ryan Reynolds plays the lead role. Um, <laughs> he's a bank teller named Guy, so that's the whole thing. Free Guy, that's mm -hmm. his name, discovers he's actually a background player in an open world video game. So he's a video game character. Yes, he's a video game, but he's actually real. Okay. So he decides to become the hero of his own story. Mm. Ooh, ah. Okay. So this is the epiphany. Uh, and one that he can rewrite himself. So instead of just playing the role of whatever someone dictates they play as a video game player, yep. I can write my own story. Well, you can see this is a great discussion starter on are you writing your own story? Are you telling your own story? It actually reminded me of Julian Rotter's scale he came up with. Years ago, the external locus of control, mm -hmm. the internal locus of control, mm -hmm. which is all about ownership. Mm -hmm. Do you own the success of your life or do you look for someone else on the outside to give you that success? And of course, Guy takes ownership of this and makes some good decisions. So the world needs a hero. Why not you? And that's kind of the story lives out. So the conversation, of course... It's about how ordinary people who decide to take responsibility for their lives and exercise, dare I say, agency uh, can take charge of their own futures. That's really it. what it's about. I'm I'm chuckling a little bit, imagining you sitting, watching Free Guy and thinking, hmm, Julian Rotter talked about yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how I am. My wife, I say, I, I'll say to my wife, Pam, this is research-based right here. This is research-based. <laughs> Tim, just enjoy the movie and where's the popcorn? Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, so. All right. The next one, um, The Little Things. Yeah. This is a raw movie. This was another one rated R. Mm -hmm. Or maybe this is our only rated R. I think it is actually okay. the only one. But um, I love Denzel Washington. He plays one of the characters. So there's a deputy sheriff, Joe Deacon, and a detective, Jim Baxter, who search for a serial killer who's terrorizing L.A. Okay, that's the that's the plot. Mm -hmm. um, as they track the culprit, Baxter is unaware that the investigation is conjuring up echoes of Deacon's past, his partner there. Mm -hmm. So he starts realizing, uh-oh, there's some stuff in your past, my partner. Yeah, that's connected that's, to Yeah, that's connected to this. So a little bit of a spoiler alert. Uh, in the end, we discover Deacon is a killer, not the killer that we're looking for, but he's also taken the life of someone. And now he's got to face that ghost of, what do I do about this? Mm -hmm. So he's accidentally killed a girl, a victim, blah, blah, blah. Um, he gets his partner and a medical examiner to cover up his crime. And so you see him dealing with his mistake, and it yeah. was a huge mistake, yeah. this way. But boy, you can imagine, do we cover up the mistakes we make or do we face them? Yeah. Uh, so again, I'm going to just remind you listeners, it's rated R, which may prevent some of you from discussing it with younger students. But it clearly sparks discussions about the role of integrity, honesty, and ethics in our lives as we face hard facts. Particularly is talking about, even though he didn't have to face the uh, the very real consequences of going to jail for his crime, yeah. he's still facing consequences. Yes, that's and that's right. what integrity and honesty yeah. and all those things remind us of. That's exactly right. Yeah, inside. All right, so the next movie is, uh, it was a sleeper for Pam and I, meaning it's one we didn't expect to be great, but boy, it was. Not that you fell asleep while you were no, watching No, no, yeah. although that's happened. <laughs> um, 
This was called CODA, C-O-D-A, right? PG-13. Now, listeners, the term CODA, if you haven't seen this movie, the term CODA stands for Children of Deaf Adults. Mm -hmm. So it's the story of a young teenager who is the only one who can hear in her family. Oh, wow. Her brother is deaf, her mom and dad are deaf, and you can imagine the problems that causes, but they have a fishing boat uh, business and she's the one that has to translate for mom and dad all the time and brother. Uh, So they're all, it's a family business, but she along the way starts finding that she's got this great passion and gift for music, playing the piano and singing. Yeah. Well, something that would be hard for her family to understand. Absolutely. Yeah. They can't hear her sing or play the piano and we need you. They're thinking for this business. What are you doing? Deserting the family. But she, boy, her music teacher says, you should pursue this. You could get a scholarship at college for your music. And so you can imagine the tension. And of course, we think a lot about these tensions today with kids needing scholarships and so forth. But um, because her parents need her as a translator, they just don't understand their gifted daughter. And they want her to help them sustain their livelihood. If she leaves, they could lose their business. And mm-hmm. so it's not just bad day. Yeah, it's, it's a bad big life. decision. Yeah. yeah. So um, I won't go any further into the plot. You just need to watch it. But it's a great discussion starter on using our gifts in the best fashion. Yeah. And there's no clear answer. Mm-hmm. Although you'll be very pleased with what happens at the end of the movie if you haven't seen it. But her mom and dad do begin to understand she does help us but we might be able to find another solution and we want our daughter to use her talent. Yeah. And it's a little bit of an emotional end, but powerful, powerful. So again, discussing gifts and talents and passions and what's the best use. I love it. Good. All right. The next one, Citizen Ash. So this is another tennis movie. Okay. Another true story. So Serena and Venus Williams and King Richard. This is about, um, uh, a movie about Arthur Ashe, the great tennis star of yeah. when I was growing up. Arthur Ashe was a incredible Wimbledon and uh, yeah winner, but also tennis star. So it's the story of Arthur Ashe, the first black tennis star. According to Wikipedia, in fact, he's the only black man to win the singles title at Wimbledon, the Australian Open, and the U.S. Open. Wow. So he really That's dominated. That's really an achievement, yeah. Not a big guy, but just he was his own man. But it was a very, at the time, Andrew, it was a very white sport. Yeah. And he just walked in, very distinguished, not a, a John McEnroe that threw his racket and yelled. <laughs> yeah. He's very, very poised and all of that. But very, very good. Yeah. So anyway, both of the films about tennis took place and really are stories of black excellence in a very white sport. But what I love about this one is he really uses the platform he builds on the tennis court to be an advocate for civil rights. Uh, in fact, he becomes a bit of an activist, a, an advocate for um, for other. Co- he starts the Arthur Ashe Foundation to defeat AIDS uh, uh, after he contracts it through a blood transfusion. Mm. So really powerful. So bottom line, the leadership conversation is how one's talent can offer a platform. Yeah, we know that happens. Ask Michael Jordan. Uh, for positive influence, if we leverage it well, great conversation starter. And that one's that. actually a documentary, correct? Yeah, it okay. is. Yeah, fantastic. That's right. All right. Uh, next one is American Underdog. Okay. I loved this movie because I love sports. I love true stories. This is the story of Kurt Warner. Okay. So football fans, you know, Kurt Warner's name. He was this 
unsung hero that came out of nowhere. Well, I shouldn't say nowhere. Iowa. You love Iowa. Uh-huh. Your wife is from Iowa. Yes. But, you know, didn't wasn't drafted into the NFL, didn't play for a power five, didn't even play for, I don't think he played for division one. He was just kind of this no name, uh, you know, North Iowa, uh, not a power five uh, uh, player. He he does go try out for the St. Louis Rams. Um finally makes it, but he tried it for the Packers lasted one day. And after he lasted one day, everybody says, you know what? You're done, buddy. Yeah. So you listen had your to, shot and you yeah, lost let it. Let me yeah. just remind you listeners, if you don't know a story, I'm not going to give it all away, but he became homeless. He really didn't have a place to stay. So he stays at his girlfriend's house or his mom's girlfriend's, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, stock and shelves at Hy-Vee grocery store. In fact, someone said, didn't you play college football? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm stuck. Get out of the way. I'm stuck in sugar. He's right? putting cereal on yeah, shelves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he decided he just wasn't going to give up on his dream. And many of you know the rest of his story. He comes out of nowhere. He ends up playing in a, the Arena League and gets noticed. Then the Los, excuse me, the St. Louis Rams at the time call him up. And he not only makes a team, he stars. Mm. This kid out of nowhere, out of Northern Iowa, and he is the MVP, Super Bowl MVP, wins the Super Bowl, brilliant guy. He's just an incredible man, becomes a good daddy and a good husband mm-hmm. as he gets married to a, a single mom. Just a great, great story. So the conversation is, um, I just think, about what's required to be a leader. I love it. His coach gets on him. You're not taking initiative. You're not doing what I tell you. You're not. And he has to step up and do this. And when he does, he leads the way. Love it. All right. Tick, Tick, Boom is another movie. This was one I only was got interested in because of my son, Jonathan, yeah. who said, Dad, you need to see this movie. Rated PG-13. Andrew Garfield yeah. stars in this one. He started another one yeah. that we're going to talk about. But um, he stars in this Lynn manuel Miranda film about a young man who's turning 30. And because he's turning 30, I don't know if you remember what you felt when you turned 30, but you feel like, oh, gosh, I'm out of my 20s now. Yeah. He feels the biological clock is ticking, mm-hmm. hence the name Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah. Wants to make a difference. Time's going to uh, be out before I make a difference and do what I'm supposed to do, use my talents. So it's all about, in a sense, running against the clock to use my gifts in a, in a great way before time runs out. Uh, the first song in the film, actually reveals the title. And of course, it's Lin-Manuel Miranda, so it's going to have to have songs in it, Yeah, who did Hamilton, remember? Yeah. Uh, Jonathan wants to influence the world before he gets too old and dies. Uh, the leadership conversation, of course, is about stewarding our time and talents, about how to manage both. Mm-hmm. So you can't just live on the clock all the time. Yeah, You won't stop and it's smell the realistic. roses. But, yeah, but yeah mm-hmm. that's right. But this movie really is good at illustrating the, the, the stewardship of your time and talent. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right. Next one, one of your faves this year. It was a great one. Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. So you've seen all the Spider-Man movies, have you not? I have. I've actually seen every Marvel movie. They're a lot of fun. Yes, they are. Have you seen some of them more than once? Yes, for was sure. Was that a dumb question? Uh, I don't know if it was dumb, <laughs> but I think you know me well enough to yes. probably know the answer, yeah. Okay. So like the other versions of the story, the message is clear without, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. So it's magnified in this incredible layer after layer after layer story. I think that's how I to even trying to explain it to somebody who doesn't understand it. It's very complex. Yeah. So I don't want to be a spoiler on this one, but the story becomes powerful, not just because the plot is good versus evil, and he has to be responsible as a kid. By the way, by the way, you all know this, I think, but Spider-Man is a kid superhero. Yeah, he's a high unlike, schooler. 
Uh, yeah, unlike uh, Captain America, who's a soldier well into his 20s, yep. blah, blah, blah. Young man, but still a man. Yep. This, this is a kid. So he, he wants to you know, be with Mary Jane or, or whatever. And he has to come to grips with, I've got to become a man and become an adult yep. and be responsible. So there are some very fun cameos. That's in all this we'll movie. say. That's all we're going to say <laughs> because there have been other Spider-Man movies. That's all we're going to say. Yep. But um, the leadership conversation on this one surrounds doing the right thing, using your influence for good, and the motivation really of revenge versus responsibility. Well said. Yeah. So good. All right. Um, last one I want to talk about is an animated movie. In Canto. Yes. Did you see this one? I haven't yet. I need to. Okay, you should. Everybody's I, talking about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I think some are saying it's the new Frozen. Okay. Uh, and and the song, I, well, I don't want to give it away. There's a song that's becoming the new yep. Let It Go. Yep. Okay. So it's a heartwarming animated movie. I don't know if you listeners like animated movies, but I do. I was an art minor and I just love the great graphic design that's mm-hmm. in this movie. The music, again, is from Lin-Manuel Miranda who wrote Hamilton, and it's the story of how families are led and sustained. And there is some truth yeah. in it. But then there's also wonderful fiction that leads to a lesson. So the Madrigals are the, are the family. This is this big, big family with cousins and sisters and brothers. They're an extraordinary family who live in the hidden in the mountains of Colombia. So it's mm-hmm. a they, they speak Spanish and they're at Latin culture. But the magic of the Encanto has blessed every child in the family with a unique gift. Every child except for one, Maribel, and mm. she's the star of the movie. She doesn't really have any gifts. In fact, you start really feeling for it. It's a little bit emotional because one can do this, one can do that, one can pick strong. In fact, what her big sisters pick up anything. Men. She <laughs> yeah. can pick up men. Yeah. And and yet, you know, and one has intuition and she sees the future. Yeah. She just doesn't really do anything. She feels like she doesn't have a gift. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. right. And so she has to really work hard, which isn't a bad lesson, Mm -hmm. because the others seem to have this talent that uh, doesn't require a lot of hard work. Well, I won't give it away, but the conversation is really about gifts, influence, and how everyone plays a role on a team or a family. I love it. And Maribel learns a lesson, and so does her grandmother, who really is wishing for grandchildren that have great gifts and doesn't get it in Maribel until the very end when she realizes... You've been the gift. You've been oh, the gift yeah. we've needed. You brought us together. It's just kind of cool. That's awesome. All right. So that's that's the 10 movies that I wanted to talk about. I love it. I love it. Well, I know um, one of the things you always did, Tim, growing up with your kids is you, right after the movie, you take them to Starbucks. But I know yeah. several people out there are teachers, maybe in a classroom. Yeah. What recommendations do you have for how to bring these movies? Maybe you can't watch the whole movie. How yeah. do you bring it into a classroom? Well, what, what we have done at Growing Leaders and what I kind of did growing up, we would go see the whole movie with my own children. But um, yeah, find, watch the movie. Yeah. Find a clip. In fact, take a pad with you or a tablet and watch the movie. Ooh, that's a great scene. That yeah. was 17 minutes in to 23 minutes in. I yeah. want to grab that clip and then watch the clip and say, let's talk about ownership or let's yeah. talk about responsibility or whatever. I love it. So yeah, I just think you ought to grab the movie, the trailer, or just a clip. Find it on YouTube. You yeah. can find a lot Lots of times there. The clip's already there uh, on YouTube. Wing yeah. Clips is another place you can get the yeah. wing mm-hmm. clips. But um, start the conversation. I think students, even more than a book, will probably want to talk about a scene from a movie. Absolutely. In fact, uh, there are very few conversation starters with the next generation there is that are as powerful or as effective yeah. uh, as, as that. In fact, um, quick aside, a few years ago, we did research to find out what students felt like were their favorite part of 
of a habitude. Yes. We were wondering, yeah. is it the story? The, the is lesson. it the picture? Yeah. Is it the metaphor? Is it the movie clip? Is it the you know discussion questions, activities? We do all kinds of stuff in these. Number one answer by a massive margin, movie clips. Yeah. So use these movies. And we got to talk about those movies. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They so, let me talk. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's great. huge. Well, please use these movies and other ones to have great conversations about uh, leadership with your students. If you're looking to grow your own leadership, I want to actually uh, suggest a resource to you. Tim actually just came out with a book called The Eight Paradoxes of Great Leadership. It's a fantastic book in which he breaks down the complexities of leadership in the 21st century, particularly in a post-pandemic world. And he talks about eight paradoxical uh, realities that every leader has to embody uh, in today's world. So if you want to pick up that book, I, I highly recommend it to you. It's called The Eight Paradoxes of Great Leadership. All you got to do is head on over to growingleaders.com slash store, and you can pick it up there. I think it's also on Amazon, so uh, wherever you get your books. But just go on over to growingleaders.com slash store, and you can find The Eight Paradoxes of Great Leadership. I think you'll really enjoy that one. Well, as always, if you would rate this podcast, give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We would love for you to do that and really appreciate it. If you found this helpful and you thought of somebody who you think might also enjoy it, please share it with that friend. We would encourage you to do that. If you want to connect with us online, we are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you've got ideas for this podcast, stuff you think we should be talking about, uh, maybe research that's come out that you want to pass along, or perhaps uh, somebody that you think we should interview, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. We love getting those. Tim, thanks so much for watching so many movies in 2021. <laughs> I'm doing it for the team. I know you are. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>